Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another glorious day where the voices of the Off the Books podcast get to bless your ears. What is wrong with you? It's the wine. <laughs> so, it is about 20 of 5 on a Friday <laughs> afternoon, Friday evening. Hey, we were off today. We, we were. deserve this. Um, and Taylor and I have been drinking for about two hours. So, we, <laughs> what is the best thing to do in this situation? <laughs> Obviously, record a podcast. So, here we are. <laughs> we should have called this podcast, like, booze and books. But we didn't. It was a missed opportunity. Because I don't think we realized when we started how often we would drink on I, the show. I thought we were going to remain sober queens. And that lasted one episode. I told your sister this earlier today when I said I was going to the liquor store. I was like, you know, it, it, until like right after I turned 28, I was never like this. From like 22 to just after 28, I wasn't like this. You did this to me. <laughs> you made me like this. She goes, you can't put it all on me. She goes, you have to blame my dad and my mom and my sister and the neighbors too. And I said, but through who did I meet all of them? It's on you. I agree with that. So now I just socially drink very frequently. Quite a bit. I haven't done it by myself yet, so I don't have a Then problem. you're winning in life. We're good. We're, we're great. So do you want to tell them about the book we're, we're discussing today? Yes. Let me tell them about the book that I did not read. Well, at least you can read <laughs> the synopsis. So today... <laughs> We are doing the long-awaited return of the Akatar series. We are working with A Court of Wings and Ruin. I'm so excited. Hmm. I'm just thinking of a court, like a courtroom, but it's, <laughs> but it's nothing but chicken wings. I think I sent you a text about this book, and I was speaking into my phone, and it sent, like, court as not a court, like how it's spelled, but like a literal quart of milk <laughs> and it cracked me up like, like the, i looked at it like afterwards the measurement yeah the measurement of court not not a princess and whatever i don't know oh my god it's been well, a day yes we are talking about the uh the third book in the Agatar series a court of wings and ruin by sarah j mass moss mass mass Mash. Sarah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you better apologize to this queen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> I'm out here running around like a chicken with no legs. Maurice, how is a chicken supposed to... <laughs> run around with no head. Shit. Well, your highness, how would I run around with no legs? I'm not a chicken, Maurice, okay? <laughs> Don't don't mind the random. Why are you asking me all these questions? Don't mind the random Madagascar references. <laughs> they just come out sometimes. <laughs> they're they're in, part of me now. They're involuntary and unexpected. I don't even know when they're coming. <laughs> the next one will come in fifteen minutes. Sponsored by. <laughs> Sponsored by Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maurice. Get to me another drink, please. <laughs> oh my god. And we are into chaos. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, <laughs> Taylor, do you wanna 
You want to start breaking this down before we lose everyone? Do you want to say the synopsis? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we didn't get there yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me do that. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think we've forgotten that on the last few books. <laughs> I think we have to. <laughs> so, <laughs> let me read it this time. Yes, please. <clears throat> Feyre has returned to the Spring Court, determined to gather information on Tamlin's actions and learn what she can about the invading king, threatening to bring her land to its knees. But to do so, she must play a deadly game of deceit. One slip could bring doom, not only for Feyre, but for everything and everyone she holds dear. As war bears down upon them all, Feyre endeavors to take her place amongst the High Fey of the land, balancing her struggle to master her powers both magically and politically and her love for for her court and family. Amidst these struggles, Feyre and Recent must decide whom to trust amongst the cunning and lethal High Lords and hunt for allies in unexpected places. Yes. Sorry, that was my professional reading voice. That was a good reading <laughs> voice. I was I was very impressed with you. I could do voiceovers. You really shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so this book, um, if you guys didn't listen to our last episode or if you're really not uh, remembering what happened in the last book. um, No, not not the very last episode of the show. The last time that we did this, which was a while ago. It was. So if you need a refresher of A Court of Mist and Fury, it ends with... Feyre pretending to break the bond and go back home with Tamlin. Um, Reese also declares at the very end of the book that he now has a spy in Spring Court and that he sent her there to to do this for him. The last time that we did an Akatar book, which was A Court of Mist and Fury, Mm -hmm. published April 2nd, 2022. It's been a while. It's November, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been a while. It's 11-11. Make a wish. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes. It really is. So this book is, I think, my second favorite out of the whole series. So this book opens up with uh, one small chap- chapter. I think it's like two pages of Reese's point of view two years before the wall. Um, to D- during, during during the, the war. war, yes. Um, so this is about fifty-two years ago, basically. Mm-hmm. So this is him in his point of view, and what he does in this whole point is he is making his way across the battlefield. He's you know looking at all of the corpses of fallen fey and humans alike, um, and he's managed to hold the lines against uh, legions for three days. And when he's making his way across the field and checking any Idlerian to make sure that it's not Cassian. Um, or Asriel. Or Asriel. So this is just his quick little thing. Um, there really wasn't much uh, more to that. Just his showing his love for his court um, for the sake of both sides, Faye and human, and his love for his friends. Mm-hmm. So chapter one is now going on to Feyre's point of view. Um, So this is when she's back in spring court. Uh, She's painting a picture of flowers. She's trying to pretend that she's okay. 
that she's not still thinking about her two sisters that are back at night court dealing with the fact that they have both been transformed into high fae themselves um and she has both of her arms tattooed so one tattoo is um her mating bond and the other one is her high like regular high fae kind of bond that she made with reese when they first met about her going every you know every month for a week so she has glamour to hide her one um, mating bond tattoo that shows that she's the high lady of night court um so when she's painting she's trying not to think about all these things she's getting very frustrated and she actually ends up breaking her paintbrush um and at this point when she hides the paintbrush because she realizes she's under so much eye attention all the guards are paying attention to her tamlin's paying attention and lucian is paying strict attention to her um tamlin comes in and she has to pretend that they're all good she loves him and she's not disgusted by every look or touch from him so she now goes to a new bedroom um one her old one was trashed by tamlin when she first uh, left and sent the letter saying that she was never coming back and this room is now just across from lucian this is a i think a very important note to keep that it's just across from lucian's room uh, because that comes up a little bit later in the book so lucian keeps asking Feyre about where reese would be taking elaine one of her youngest sister um and where you know would she be okay where where is he or where does he keep her is she safe like what can he do to find her it's his mate and she's trying to tell him that she's fine don't worry about her he would never hurt her and at this point she's also trying to deal with Iante, um which is the priestess that tamlin keeps I would say relatively close to him which is annoying because Feyre does not like her at all and no one does no no one does but she gets her comeuppance she does and Iante is also the one that sells out the sisters to Highburn in the second book uh so Feyre is definitely like annoyed at her because that's the reason why her sisters are now high fae and dealing with their own struggles and their own trauma back at at night court so we are told in this uh in the beginning of the book that um Jiren, who was we reawakened in the ending of the second book um is coming the next day with two delegations of of highburn the prince and the princess so they come the next day and they're there to survey the wall that spring court is on he it's, it lays on the border between printhian and the human realm the mortal lands yeah yeah so they come and Feyre tells tamlin that she'll be the one her and lucian will be the one to guide them around the wall and show them where the weaknesses are in the wall and where's the strength. So 
The delegation tells them they're only worried about where the holes are in the wall and really where the weaknesses are. They don't care about any of the strengths, uh, nothing of that sort. So she keeps taking in information for, from all of the meetings she's in. Tamlin has been letting her into these meetings because he, I think he's feeling guilty at this point of what he did in the past mm-hmm. of not letting her join. And that's why she originally left. So now he's letting her in and she's sending all of these in, in little bits of information down her, the mental bond to Reese. And she even mentions a few times that she can't risk uh, using this too often uh, because it kind of reawakens his scent on her if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so if she uses it too often then his scent or his musk is very present around her and tamlin would then get you know a little curious he'd get beastie with it he he, little beastie boy (laughs) he's a little beastie bitch (laughs) damn right he is i can't believe i actually liked him at one point (laughs) i i can't either i mean i liked him at one point I just, I just don't understand no, it. I understand why you give me so much shit. <laughs> I know, right? So during her time at um, Spring Court, she also, not only is she trying to break down Spring Court uh, from the inside and trying to keep the delegation of Highburn, you know, under wraps and, and away from you know, the holes in the wall and and trying to get information out of them. She's also trying to find uh, Reason's sister and mother's um, wings because Tamlin and his father killed, well, it was Tamlin's father, killed his, his mother and his sister and displayed their wings in the house. So she's yeah, trying to they find. thought genocide was badass. Yeah, so she's trying to find those wings for that for him to be able to take back to him, so that he can have some closure and you know do what do with them what he wants. Like close the door on that chapter of his life. Exactly, because it was a very you know it was a hard chapter for him. Y- so, are you, are you talking about the chapter where his mother and sister are brutally murdered? Mm-hmm. That yeah, I would say that's probably a pretty fucking hard chapter to deal with. Yep, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, you know, just a just a smidge, just a smidge. So when she's still continuing to help with the delegation and work around this wall, their Jurian is also asking her where Miriam is, and this is one of his long lost loves. Uh, from before the war that is supposedly dead uh, she left Jurin for um, for another man and that's what made him kind of go cuckoo crazy during the war and be on Amber- Amarantha's side in the beginning who eventually killed him she left him for Drucken yes so and I know things yes you do <laughs> and apparently they are dead but reese does know that they are I, not i think they mention them in they in the second book yeah that they are yeah in the second book that they were on an island somewhere yes and this island is cloaked 
Yes. By any invaders, except for, you know, friends are able to see them. Right. Um, but Highburn would be able to pass overhead or, or sail by and not know. It was the same type of, of cloak that was on um, the city that was attacked in the second. That was... Valaris. Yes. Yes. Our, our favorite city of Starlight. So... It, the beginning of this book is very, I want to say, repetitive because it's going back and forth between, you know, going to the wall with uh, Lucian and the delegation of Highburn and then coming back and her trying to, you know, deal with what she can and try to manipulate other people without knowing that it's her. Mm-hmm. So she ends up doing some crazy shit when she's here. So. At one point, she steals keys from a guard uh, and gives it to um, or lays it out for the bogue, which are dangerous creatures to find so that they can come into the court and basically kill whoever they wanted. Mm -hmm. So when the when the uh, guard is questioned by Tamlin, she goes into their mind the guard's mind because she can that's a power that she got from reese when she got turned into high fey she goes into the guard's mind and gives him a piece of information that he wasn't just asleep on the job uh Iante came and took away his memory basically right. and stole the keys herself so either way the guard gets punished but does not get killed and they go on throughout their day so Summer Solstice arrives and they go to an altar uh, that morning for a little ceremony. Feyre has worked with Iante on prayers that they should perform um, and what it would mean for the twins and, and all this stuff. So Jurin and Tamlin would help um, this whole ceremony happen. And it's basically just to make the magic in the world stay how it is. I mean... It's not Calame, which, you know, is like the rite and the passage of basically Tamlin taking a woman to bed to make magic stay on the land. I don't get it, but. Because he's he's literally fucking magic. He's fucked up. He's literally fucking magic. Yeah, he's fucked up. So as the sun rises, Yante raises her hands, expecting for the light to hit her. But Feyre has moved the stone Yante uses to mark where she stands and instead favor uses her light power to make herself glow and make it seem like she's the one being blessed she grabs lucian's hand and he kneels before her and the others follow in their lead blessed i know i'm so blessed thank you yeah <laughs> thank you thank you kneeling people gravel before me mm-hmm. gravel before me please <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Feyre did so many things that were so, in in reality, looking at it, very minuscule, very small things that made such a big difference to, to each character. Do you know why? And this is one of the reasons why I like Feyre. Mm-hmm. Because she's petty as fuck. She is. <laughs> and it's perfect. Because nobody, I mean, at one point, I think Lucian does pick up on a lot of stuff. But other than him, nobody says anything to her. Lucian, and I'll get there, he he does mention some things because um, he is uh, 
what you would say sly as a fox. So he does know things. He does pick up on things. I was going to say a simp. True. But (laughs) he has his own reasons for not saying things, even though he should have. So, you know, the... Because the man... The man is putting the pussy on a pedestal, okay? Mm -hmm. His best friend's on a little pedestal down here, but the pussy, a.k.a. Elaine, is up here. (laughs) She really is. And he would throw Tamlin away to get to Elaine. Mm Mm-hmm. So... I didn't even read it and I can infer this shit. Of course. So... You know what you do? You don't put the pussy on a pedestal. (laughs) I hate that you said that. (laughs) Anyways, we have a lot to get through, and he's just like, "You don't put pussy on a pedestal." I'm sorry, I'm just over here quoting movies and shit like I know, that. Right? Uh, so I'm be drunk before tonight's over. You really are. Maybe for this episode. To that. At the end of summer solstice, the summer it's like solstice. A, it's a whole party, and Farah's been, you know, very touchy very feely uh, to tamlin sending him looks um and and making him feel like she's actually you know showing interest again in him yeah he want she, she wants to go fuck him in a closet again exactly with the so, paint she, <laughs> so she tells him that she's tired and she wants to go up to her room and that and lucian says you know don't worry I'll lead her there. She'll be fine. I'll guard her. I'll guard her. I'm also tired. So they both go up to bed. She makes sure to put on a skimpy little outfit before she goes to bed. And she wakes up from a nightmare and goes across the uh, hallway. And this is why I said it's important that to note that her and Lucian's room are very close to each other. So she goes across the hallway to Lucian's room in a very lacy night nightdress and tells it leaves the door open uh, to his room and tells him about her nightmare. She throws his her arms around him, begins to cry, and when he's comforting her, that's when she she does a very good job of creating a barrier of kind of like a wind around them, so that he wouldn't be able to scent Tamlin or hear him coming up the stairs to her room because she knew. Tamlin would come to her room that night after she's been showing affection to him all day. So when Tamlin comes in, he doesn't go to her room because now he sees both her and Lucian in a very big embrace, looking like they're either just beginning to start something or just finishing something. And she, you know, she's in a very skimpy outfit. And fair you know she set this all up and tamlin she had to pull tamlin away from killing his best friend so quote unquote best friend yeah so we've all been in that situation before exactly so when they get to and i'm jumping ahead a little bit because again it's very repetitive with them going back and forth to the wall um and this whole time that she's there she's being petty but she also knows that the prince and the princess are Demonte, just like her, being able to go into other people's mind and see what they want and destroy it if they want. So she's also been getting headaches from not only keeping her shields up, 
but also keeping shields up for Lucian and Tamlin um, because she doesn't want them to be destroyed from the inside out. She wanted to do it. it. It's also just going back to her being petty. She wanted to be the one to destroy them. And she also didn't want information getting out back to Highburn that they're, you know, that nothing's happened or that they have so many things or, or whatever the thing that they're going to give back to Highburn. And she also kind of figured out these two motherfuckers got to die. Yep. So they go um, back to the back to the wall. This is their third time going back to third or fourth time going back to the wall. And this is what Feyre noted to be the weakest point of the wall. And the um, and before this, there was uh, one incident at the second hole where three children of the blessed were on the other side of the wall and children of the blessed are just basically people who are human that want to go in Prithian and live their life and be not slaves, but to, they want, they love them. They adore Faye and they just want to be, we remember them from, from the, the first book, the first book, because they were the ones that got disgusted when they saw uh, Nesta wearing iron and shit Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because children of the blessed, think that you know they should all live in peace which is a great thought but at this point in life is not working out they're like humanitarians exactly so the prince and the uh, princess end up hunting these children of the blessed uh, because favor gets in their mind and shows them the creatures that she's dealt with over the years or really only the one year and shows them that it's if they come across this wall, that's it for them. They're dead. You know, these people will kill them. So they run away. And throughout the night, the prince and the princess go across the wall, hunt them down, kill them. But don't kill them and eat them over on the human side. They bring them back into Perithian and kill them at the campsite. So to and I think this was a good moment to show um, kind of like a, a statement piece that they are not afraid of Favra. Because mm-hmm. I think they were like annoyed that Feyre told these children to run away and leave. So this was their statement piece of we might be guests, but we can still control we, this place. We are the ones that are in control here. Exactly. Not you, you little newborn Faye. Exactly. So when they go to the third hole, uh, Feyre does suggest that as she's eating an apple that this is the best hole that they should use. Um, and at this point, Tamlin is gone hunting with uh, Jurin, uh, Yante's praying, quote unquote praying, and Lucian is somewhere else. So she's, it's just the prince, princess, uh, prince and pri- princess, and her. Are you okay? Yes, the wine. <laughs> And okay. they let it slip because she was like, what? you? This is a great hole for armies to come through. I like that hole. Yeah. See that hole there? It's a great hole. You can fit about six people wide through that hole right there. <laughs> and she's Just like, march them motherfuckers right on through. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you can easily take a thousand uh, soldier army through here. And they're like, you silly girl. We have ten times that plus our allies. And so she kind of does the math and she's like, okay, that's 200,000 soldiers in an army that they supposedly have. This is bigger than we thought. So 
she ends up asking them why they need the cauldron and they say it will wipe the world clean again uh they say this will the this will be the exact spot that they use um to have the mighty power pass through it and the cauldron will study the work they've already done and magnify it until the the whole wall collapse so she ends up packing her supplies at this point and she's like this is the point where i need to peace out this is the perfect time everybody's alone or everybody's on their own separate thing the the twins or whatever they are they're you know busy with the wall lucian and tamlin are out on their own thing this is perfect i can leave so in her um point of leaving she's winnowing like feet at a time like a hundred some feet at a time and on her way out she hears Ionthe and lucian together and he's basically like saying please stop i don't want you near me please stop get away and she sees that Lu- um, Lucian and Ianthe uh, is forcing herself onto him. And she's like, but we were so good together on Calame when we had that we finished the right together and we slept together. Like, I know you want me. And he's like, no, no, that was a duty that I did for Tamlin. I don't want you. So it's like I fucked you so he didn't have to. Exactly. So favorite friend. <laughs> That's what heroes do. <laughs> he might not be the hero we want, but de- he's definitely not the hero we deserve, but he's the hero we need. <laughs> Is he the hero we, we need? I don't think so. No. No. <laughs> no, not at all. He's a petty little bitch. <laughs> Anyways. And I, I, I love Lucian. I love his character, but I think uh, I think they could have done so much more with his character. I think it's he turned eye, whiny. Right? It's the eye? Yeah, I don't even it's think the it's eye. the eye. It, he it's just turned eye. whiny. He was a great character in the first and the second book, I think. He turned whiny in th- in the third. It's because he figured out who his mate was, and that's all he wants to do now is just mm-hmm. fuck Elaine. Exactly. So she tells Ionthe, uh, Feyre tells Ionthe to grab that rock that's near her foot, put her hand on a rock, and smash it until she says to stop. And she says, "This is your uh, this is your lesson." of not to lay your hands on anybody without their consent as well. And she tells her to um, not remember what happened here and that she will tell the others that Yante fell and that she can he- see a healer to heal the bones, but not to erase the scarring. Um, Lucian at this point's in shock of, of everything because he, he knew she was powerful, but he didn't know she was that powerful to tell somebody what to do with their own body. So before they can leave, the twins come and they, they c- catch them. Um, and at this point, they the twins reveal what they've been plotting to do. Uh, Feyre notices her headaches and the, the twins say that this was their doing and they gave them uh, a poison, Feybane, mm-hmm. which Reese had in the second book when he was like basically out cold and they've been sprinkling it along with a, a um, Yante into all of their food to totally erase their magic. So in the apple she ate when she was talking to them, it was laced with Feybane. So she couldn't winnow. She couldn't talk down the bond to Reese, nothing. It's all been er- erased temporarily. It's all been basically blocked off. Exactly. She had her, her mana channels destroyed. Yeah, so they told her it's enough to knock her out for like an, 
knocking her powers out for a few days. Take her out of commission. Exactly. So she and Lucian end up killing both of the twins. Really, it's Feyre that does it um, because she's a badass bitch. So she ends up killing them. She don't need no man to commit murder for her. She can do it (laughs) herself. Exactly. (laughs) So she ends up killing both of them and tells her that, or she tells Lucian that she's leaving and she's going back home. And he tells her that he's coming with her and he wants to get his mate back. And at this point, he also realizes his magic is gone too. And so they must go through one of the caves that leads, leads to Autumn Court. At this point, Lucian tells her if they go through Autumn Court, he will be taken by his brothers because that's where he's originally from. And Feyre will be killed or at least used in some sort of thing to, to get Reese to beg, you know. So they arrive in Autumn Court still don't have their magic and Lucian they they end up going to a cave to stay for the night and he this is when he tells her that he knew she was lying when she unleashed light and highburn to pretend that the mating bond was broken and he realized his one friend in Doncourt has the same powers as that she starts asking him like well why didn't you say anything to Tamlin if you knew this whole time that I was a spy that I was planning to take him down with his court and he says that he didn't feel like you know kicking a male while he was already down which I mean if that's your friend man say something like hey the bitch you brought back uh still doesn't belong to you I mean i get him like not wanting to kick his yeah. friend while he's down but like you kind of kicked him anyway dude because mm-hmm. he left what you did you left with quote unquote his girl yeah um, and you already had you know and been you caught quote unquote caught together and you didn't tell him Mm-hmm. and since he's an ally of highburn right now quote unquote yeah you kind of murdered two fucking people from Highburn, or at least help with the murder. <laughs> you were an accomplice. <laughs> and this is the fucked up part, I think, too. He also told her the second reason he didn't tell Tamlin or anybody else that of his, you know, inkling that she was not on the same side uh, was because he was afraid if she if he said anything, she would make it make known and make it sure that he would never see Elaine again. Which is extremely fucking selfish. What did I say about the pedestal? Yep. <laughs> what did I say about the pedestal? Am I good or am I fucking good? Yeah. And she she told him, she was like, dude, I debated about letting his court, you know, court collapse around him or disembowel him. She goes, I thought the court collapsing was a better punishment. And because he's vain as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, disemboweling him is going to hurt him and maybe even kill him. Yeah. Maybe not. But if he loses everything mm-hmm. that he has worked for and that he thinks is owed to him, mm-hmm. that is 10 times the punishment. Exactly. That's like there was a there was a scene in the the last um beginning after the end book that I was reading mm-hmm. where 
this one commander so the the main character is a general at this point in this war that's going on this one commander didn't go with the plan the main character set out and when the main character left to go fight in another battle but when he came back he found out that it hadn't happened yeah because of that his father ended up getting killed and then they were going this commander and two nobles were going to ignore a a command from their higher command Mm -hmm. to send troops to another city so that they could start a refuge where they were and basically start their own society. Yeah. So instead of killing him, he burns his tongue off to make it a nub. Holy shit. And then sends a message to the high council, stripping him and his family of all noble rights and by blocking their powers. Damn. He's like, killing you would have been would have been too quick yeah. of a punishment for you. Of course. And you, I think that's what Favor thought. He goes, Now you can be the one that ruined everything your family built. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's exactly what she did here. Exactly. And so after their conversation, which was pretty heated, I think, to an extent, they go to bed and when they wake up his brothers found them and they they try to you know take them back to lucian's father because they're like oh father would love to know that you're back in court and try to go through very slick without saying a hello and with who do we have here tamlin's girl you know so they run off um they get away from them and yeah eris is weird Eris is an asshole. He's weird looking too. He is weird looking. I mean, I also think that's just some of the fan art, but he is very weird looking. I will say this. The official picture they use for him on fandom is weird. I mean, look at this dude. Does He looks like, you know what he looks like? Yeah, that's, that's he, the one I know. He looks like he would be a Malfoy. Yeah. So. In another life, he was a Malfoy. Yeah. Bastard. <laughs> so they escape from his brother's. Uh, and they're getting closer to the winter court border. Um, so she can start kind of feeling her powers are slowly returning. This part. And um, this is my fucking favorite part. Don't actually my second favorite part. Don't even test me. Um, my first favorite part is coming up and you know this. I, well, I think you do. So. So they get to winter court and they're starting to make their way a th- across the thick layer of ice um, that's on a lake when they turn around and see that Eris and the other two brothers are about are at the edge of the lake melting the ice that they're on. So there's like this huge cool fight scene on this frozen lake and she's trying to re-freeze the ice underneath her as he's trying to melt it. And at this point, she's not even caring which power she's showing. Um no matter what, we'll get back to the High Lord, a uh, uh, Baron, Baron, however you want to say it, of Autumn Court, because she's like, dude, I'm trying to just live at this point. So as they're fighting, she's kind of about to give up at this point. She's like, look, I have nothing else to give. I'm exhausted. They're going to take me one way or the other. So all of a sudden, she hears a the ice crack underneath somebody landing 
And she looks over to see that Cassian is all healed up because in the ending of the second book, his wings were torn and shredded, basically. Mm-hmm. And she looks over to see Cassian with his red siphons uh, there on the ice. And then behind her, she hears another thud on the ice to look over to see Azriel. And I this was one of the best moments to read in this whole series. It was like, it just, you can hear it. You can see it happen. And I hope, because they're supposed to make this whole series of a uh, TV show on Hulu. This is the one part I hope they they do right cinematically. Like, fucking love this show. I, I know you're excited for that show. And I hate to tell you this. You are years I know. from seeing that scene. I know. Years. I know. Multiple. I know. Years. I'm going to be like 40. <laughs> and just be like... <laughs> At the living room, my if I do have kids, they'll be in the background. Mommy, I did so well at my homework. Shut up! <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to watch this shit. Captain Asriel just landed. <laughs> so, so they're all fighting. Cass, as they got, they get into the fight, and she notices that, you know, they're they're going to kill Lucian's brothers, and she realizes, you know, they, this can't happen because. That's just another thing that's going to keep Byron from um, Baron, whatever you want to call him, Baron, Baron from aligning with Reese in the Night Court and any of the other allies that want to go against Highburn. If they kill the brothers right now, he's aligned with aligning with Highburn. So she tells them to stop, and Cass grabs Feyre. And shoots off into the sky. She looks down to see as awkwardly hold Lucian and and shoot into the sky as well. (laughs) And she tells Cass to take them home. And um, it was just a sweet moment between Cass and Feyre. Because he's like, I missed you too. And she didn't even say anything at this point. So it was just so tender, so sweet. Um and they tell her that don't worry, Reese is far away, but he's on his way home. He knows we have you and that you're safe. So they all return to the townhouse in Valaris. And when they return, she hugs more. She hugs Amarin. And Lucian is very shocked to see that there's smiling children running along the, the streets, that everybody looks happy and laughing and giddy. And she's like, this is the true night court. You know, this is not uh, the small amount of Night Court, uh, which is the Court of Nightmares that Reese wants you to see. Mm-hmm. So when they're in the townhouse and she's saying her hellos, she um, is standing there and Reese, or not Reese, sorry, Lucian says, so you truly are the High Lady of Night Court. And, and Reese, this is my favorite moment. Because she's not even paying attention. And before she can say anything, Reese is behind her leaning against the door frame. And he's like, indeed she is. And she like falls to the ground. He meets her knee to knee. And this is one of the moments because he even said in previous books, he says he has mountains uh, tattooed on his knee because he yields and bows to no one. And he kneels to her. And it's just so tender and so sweet. So he tells everybody to leave the house for a few. And he takes her up to bed. 
And it's just a fun moment. By a few, he means a few days as well. Not yes. not minutes, hours, no, days. No, days. <laughs> <laughs> he like draws her a bath. She gets clean and they they nookie for a little bit. And then he draws her another bath so she can get cleaned up again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so after everything is kind of settled and she gets to, you know, be greeted with her high lord again, they go up to the house of wind. And I love that in the notes that this person has, it says for this part, Lucian is being a, a pissy little bitch with Reese <laughs> about Feyre because Feyre told him it's up to her if Lucian gets to see Elaine. Mm-hmm. And so she goes, you know, they all go up to the house of wind. She's the first one allowed into the room. Nobody else is allowed in with her, not even Reese, and unless she wants him to be in there. She finds Nesta reading in the library, and this is when she says her her lows. Um, Cassian is allowed in. Reese is now allowed in. Asriel can go in, but Lucian still cannot go in. And Cass teases her and Nesta about being unpleasant, and she's very short with Feyre, um, and that she shouldn't be worried about her or Elaine because she, you know, she hasn't been there basically, which is a shitty thing to say because she wasn't there because she was taken. You can't argue that. If, if not for her being there, they wouldn't. Exactly. So Elaine is even worse off than Farah was when she first returned from under the mountain. She won't eat, sleep, drink, um, and she doesn't stop crying. And it, it's just very, she, they mentioned more than once that she looks very pale, thin, and lifeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was supposed to get married in a week uh, to uh, uh, Grayson. Yeah, Grayson, who, who was uh, very, his family was very well off in the human world. Mm-hmm. And, and they hated the thing. Yeah. And she keeps telling them that she wants to go home and, and wants to get married. Mm-hmm. So... She tells Lucian to keep giving Elaine time. You know, they keep going. She gives him a room in the House of Wind, but tells her if he he wants a book from the library, he has to ask one of the the servants. If he wants to do anything or go anywhere, he has to ask ask the servants. That will, again, ask Feyre or Rhysand. And if he wants to go into town, he can uh, try to the 10,000 stairs. That is the only way in or out of that place. So... Good luck. <laughs> so they're, you know, kind of skipping ahead a little bit because, again, there's so many small details in this book that are a lot. They're important. But, you know, we're going to skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. So I'm skipping ahead. So skip to your Lou. Thank you. So Feyre asks uh, as and Cass to teach her to fly and to train her for the upcoming war but the bitch ain't got no wings no she can because she gets a shape-shifting from tamlin oh i thought she was gonna superman it (laughs) tucks one arm in other other arm in fist goes ahead of her and she just takes off no remember in the second (laughs) book she had wings when she was talking to lucian when he tried to get her back she had wings you mean tamlin no, she was talking to Lucian. Lucian came with the guards trying to get her back from Night Court. And oh. she said, I, 
I already sent a letter. I don't want to come back. Don't reach out. If you come here again, I will kill you. And she had wings. I don't remember that. Oh. Well, she can shapeshift. So she gets, she can have wings. So she asks them to teach her to fly. She's the, she's the true Albedo. Mm-hmm. If only she had a battle axe. Have you ever seen the second Hotel Transylvania movie? Uh, darling, I've seen all of them, including the one without Adam Sandler or Kevin James. Great. You know that scene in the second one where he just takes the baby <laughs> just and throws it tru- just chucks it. Drac, he's not flying. No, no, no. It'll take a, it takes a minute. I, takes I was like minute. this my first time. Mm-hmm. Drac, he's still not flying. No, no. Just give him the time. Drac. No, 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 no. It's fine. Start screaming. He's like sweating <laughs> profusely. It's like, okay, okay maybe not- something's wrong. <laughs> That is, the that is Azriel and Feyre being taught to fly. So Az was older when he was taught to fly. So it's still new, you know, quote unquote, new into his mind. So that's why they made him teach her. And he was literally like, took her to a high ledge that's jacket and rocky and went, go on, go on. And she just face planted every single time, every time. And she's no. like. They, they didn't have him teach her because she's newer. <laughs> they had him teach her for the exact same reason that the people at work had me teach people how to get their CDL license. Exactly. They were like, Azriel, you were the most recent one, and you fucked up enough that you can teach them how not to fuck up. Exactly. Because that's literally what they told me. They said, mm-hmm. you failed your CDL test enough <laughs> times before you passed that you can teach them what not to do. <laughs> Yeah, so she... Guess what? I'm fucking four for four on people getting on their first time. So, so she literally just face planted every single time. And she, and her back's like aching because he teaches her. He goes, it's very improper to let your wings, you know, fall and touch the ground. He goes, you have to build up muscle sp- you know, strengthen your back to keep them raised up high. And she's like, but I can't do it. And he goes, you're going to fucking have to. Like, he's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's, I don't know what to tell you. You just got to have to fucking do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like dropping the American flag. Got to keep that shit up. Exactly. So Cass, do we have trying- like Viagra for my back or something, <laughs> please? Some sort of enhancement. I just need them to be stiff and up. That's all. That's all. So Cass is trying to, is training her strength wise and you know combat wise and as is training her to fly when they know that the war is coming within weeks and at this point they already have so many people reaching back out of high lords to come to a meeting that reese has set up um so that they can decide who's on whose team yeah so (laughs) All right, you guys are on my team. You guys, I fucking hate you. You're on that Hi, team. Bird. Regardless of what you want or not, y'all are over there. I, I Listen, we, we pulled straws. We had draft picks. I got to pick the people I wanted. Um, you guys were not count the off. ones I wanted. So, okay, so what? Just count off. Repeat Hi, after Bird. me. Falaris. Repeat after Hi, me. Bird. One, two. Okay, we're going to go down the line. Ready? One, two, one, two. Um, 
I'm going to say three on you, actually. <laughs> one, two. Nope, not three. One, two. <laughs> Tamlin, you're way over there, buddy. Tamlin, we're going to give you a five. Four. Okay? We're, gonna give, we're not even going to give you four, because that puts you close to three, and I'm kind of fucking with the, th- with the one dude and three. So you're not four. You're five. All right, let's start again. One, two, three. Nope, not nope, three. Nope. One, two. two. You're three. One, two. To Tamlin. Fuck, I told you five, <laughs> not one, five. <laughs> so, so Feyre is trying to. So, <laughs> Reese is trying to get care. Uh, care or car? I don't know how they say. Stop saying, stop counting off. <laughs> Reese is trying to get his person from Quarter Nightmares to agree to have their. Um, elite soldiers elite soldiers to be in this war which they were trying to get morgan's father who was the, yeah. s- the steward of the night court and c- how would you pronounce his name care car care care so care tells him that he will let them he will fight with him if and only if they get access into valaris because now they know it's the thing and he goes oh, fine you can have it, but you can't come in willy nilly. Like you have to get permission to come in. You once gotta a week. Ske- you gotta schedule that shit yeah. ahead of time. Okay, exactly. You guys are literally nightmares. I'm not trying to scare the people that I actually like. Exactly. So you you need to come through me. Maybe an intermediary. Mm-hmm. Call the hostess. <laughs> call the set hostess. up a reservation. We're, right now we're gonna set. We're gonna we're gonna tentatively set it for 7 p.m. on Thursday. Okay. So, but it will be canceled. <laughs> just know that. Just call about an hour and a half ahead of time, just to make sure that your reservation is still there. If things get booked up real quick, we might not have enough tables for all of you. <laughs> So when, when he's going there asking for his help, Feyre is help, uh, is asking the bone carver for his help. And Hey, y'all you got any bones? Got any bones? <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all got bones. Do you have a mirror so I can look at the bones in the mirror? I want to see the reflection of the bones. No, so I think it is, it's the bone carver that says he needs the... Um, Ouroboros. Yeah. It, which is a mirror that if you look into it shows the thing you fear most, basically. If, if I was the bone carver, I'd fear my own fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> He's fucking terrifying to he look is. at. And not a lot of people, when you look into it, you get stuck, basically, in the mirror. Like, it, it keeps you prisoner, basically. So he... Tells Feyre, like, give me this mirror and I will, you know, I will consider joining you. Well, Amran brings out the fact that she, you know, if the bone carver wants to join us, he needs to be bound to a body like she was to be set free from, you know, the prison. Yeah, because fucking Amran is like a demon. She basically is. So Nesta and Feyre um, go to the library to get more information of some stuff. And uh, Elaine, before this, and this is like the whole buildup of Elaine, which we still haven't seen in the next couple books. So I'm hoping that comes soon. 
Um, but before they before Nesta and Favor go to the library, Elaine tells them that there is a black and white crow coming. And they don't understand what she's talking about. And when Favor and Nesta are in, in the uh, library, they are ambushed by Hibern ravens. And they have to retreat to the pit where something evil lives. And yeah, that's all they say. Something evil lives here. Yeah. And Feyre... Welcome to my home. <laughs> Something evil is afoot. Yeah. And before they go down there, like, I think it's like days before, like a day before, Reese even tells her that as a joke, he asked Cass to fly down there to see what was down there. When they were kids. Yeah, when they were kids. And he comes back up pale as pale as pale and terrified and wouldn't speak for days. So some you know something's awful down there. So she she they go down there and she makes a deal a bargain with the monster um to bring it company if it kills the ravens and it agrees. And it's like, dude, I could have killed you, but yeah, I'll kill these buddies and get a deal of getting company. Sure, fuck it. So and you know what's so sad? It it's this thing wasn't even a monster. It really asked not even for company, but for a sp- for one of the window lights so that it could see outside. Mm-hmm. That's so upsetting. Mm-hmm. It just wanted to see outside. It just wanted a friend, basically. How's, how's it going? I'm the monster. <laughs> I'm the monster. At least that's what well, people call me. Well, his name is Baraxis. And that sounds like a Game of Thrones dragon. Yeah. His name is Baraxis. And so, anyways, so they make this bargain. He like kills. I, just, I would just like to see the, uh, the stars, <laughs> yeah. please. So he kills the ravens and Nesta and Favor are free and, and good to go. So that after that point is when everybody realizes that Elaine is a seer. Um, after she tells everyone that there is another mortal queen um, who was sold to an evil lord and is cursed to return uh, to turn into a firebird every night. And Lucian offers to go to find her. She's like a phoenix. Yeah. She's really cool. She is the Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't Harry Potter. <laughs> is ha Boom. Anyways. <laughs> so, Master has given Brendan a sock. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan is free. <laughs> Brendan is a free elf. So Reese hears word that Summer Court is under attack. And when they arrive, no other... <laughs> just holds up a fucking sock people <laughs> holy shit i don't got time for you we gotta get through this book there's a lot to unpack here <laughs> oh god if you guys could have just seen how slowly i pulled it up from under the table it was so bad oh my god so, holy shit. Now i gotta put my sock back on i know <clears throat> you keep you talking can't. i'm putting socks on okay so <laughs> by the way not to get more off track here, uh-huh. I still have this thing from when we were drunkenly dancing to Mamma Mia last week. That's a story for another day. Oh, my God. It's a scab. Oh, my God. So, this part, and I, I, I don't even know where I was speaking, but this part also just confirms... <laughs> we were confirms, talking about the, uh, the Phoenix. Okay. I just want to kind of... I don't even know if it's backtracking or not, but I want to bring up another part that just confirms that elaine is a seer that i'm actually it makes me nervous about the future books of this series so cassian um 
or Elaine tells Cassian that the king of Highburn snapped your wing and broke your bones. And he tells her, darling, it's going to take a lot more than that to kill me. And she responds, no, it will not. Scares the, I was shaking in my boots. Scares the living shit out of me because I'm afraid that Cassian is going to die. You're not wearing boots. Don't look under the table at my feet. Little whore. Do you want to be a free elf? I'll give yes, you I a, do. I'll give you a I sock. Really do. Actually, my feet are cold. <laughs> <laughs> so, so summer courts under attack, and when they arrive, there is no other aid that has come to support, and the whole court is being slaughtered. So Moore and Feyre fight their way through the palace, killing any Highburn soldiers they they can find. While Reese is tracking down the King of Highburn, but when he goes to strike, the king is nothing but an illusion. <laughs> Imagination. <laughs> so Favra meets with Tark Tarquin because remember, Sumber Court is where they have the rubies um, against the red rubies against them, which means it's just a if I see you again, I'll kill you. Yeah, it's so a, it's essentially it's a hit. Yeah, it's a I w- this is a promise I will kill you. So Tarquin meets with Feyre, who's still furious at her for for stealing the book of breathings and rejects to um rejects her offer for further help. Listen um, here, you bitch! You stole my book. <laughs> Don't care if my people are being slaughtered. Get the fuck out of my court. Mm-hmm. So leading after this you know, them helping and save Summer Court to an extent is the meeting of the, the High Lords. Um, everyone attends. How, how high were they? Very high. Oh. <laughs> we got to get through a lot, B. So, Sorry. <laughs> I think almost every High... I think every High Lord attends except Tamlin is late. He comes in beast form. And that he insists that he has come to help, but he throws an insult at Feyre and Resand, which, and I told you before we started recording, is one of my favorite fucking parts in this whole book. Because Tamlin looks at Reese, because at this point, you know, Feyre is in in her high lady garb and and outfits and crowns and, and rings and jewelry, and Tamlin has already told her in I think the second book or first book that there is no such thing as high lady so they're sitting there and Tamlin goes have you ever Reese in front of everybody he goes holds up that little beastie boy hand and goes Reese have you ever noticed that little sound she makes before she climaxes and before Reese or Feyre can defend her it's my fucking boy Azriel because before this meeting they made bets of who would start a fight first and they said that Reese would start a fight or Cassian would start the fight first Azriel my main man comes up steps up in front of everybody and goes be careful about you uh, be careful how you speak about my high lady shaking in my boots again <laughs> fucking love that man like the fact that he was he, th- that is that is Azriel, loyal as shit, ready to kill some bitches. The only way that it would have been more badass is if he would have been like standing behind him, just a sword right <laughs> on, right on the shoulder near the neck, just like, 
you may want to rethink the words that you are saying about Mm -hmm. my high lady. And if you continue to speak like this, (laughs) my hand may just move. Yeah. So all of the high lords agree uh, to to be a part and to to help fight against Highburn after some disagreements with a few of them. I mean, Baron and um, Feyre have their own kind of square off kind of thing during this meeting. Um, but after everybody's cooled down, everybody's good, the meeting's adjourned, um, Feyre finds out some really interesting news. That, she gets the tea. Yeah. That Haleon had an affair with Lucian's mother and figures out that possibly he is Lucian's father and it's not and that's why he's been cast away his whole fucking life from Baron because Baron's not his true father. Yeah, that's why he doesn't look like his brothers. Mm-hmm. So Nesta late at night warns Feyre that they must return home immediately because she senses a danger. A huge wave of power ripples over the lands. Nesta becomes sick as it happens and Reese informs everyone that the cauldron has been has brought the wall down. Amron and Amron and Feyre meet with Baraxis in the library, offering it a second bargain in return for helping fight against Highburn. Feyre and the others winnow to the manor, Grayson's manor, to ask Elaine's fiance to shelter humans because they have the biggest wall around their their palace, basically. As well as the fact that all of their guards that are there are equipped with ashwood. Yes. So Durin arrives at the meeting saying that he's not the enemy and that he's been fighting Highburn from the inside and that he's he informs them that the Highburn will launch their attack tomorrow from the summer court. Grayson is disgusted by Lane now that she's Faye and no, lo- no longer wants to marry her. Poor girl. I know. But it's an interesting turn that Durin the whole time was against Highburn and working from the inside like Feyre was working from the inside of Spring Court. Well, I, I love how at one point he's just like, yeah, I, I figured you guys were just like read my mind and figured that shit out, but you, you fucking didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's how they figure out he's telling the truth. Yeah, because in the whole time he honestly thought Feyre would have, because she tried to get into the the twins' mind, that she, he just figured he had already, she already already got it into his mind and realized the truth. And that's why in reality, she, he thought that's why she spared him, quote unquote. So, you know, Mor and Feyre watch, because um, this is when the whole war is going on. Mor and Feyre watch a battle rage from a hilltop um, until Cassian returns needing to be heal- healed. Feyre and Reese put a glamour over the war camp so that they can't ambush, uh, so that they can can ambush Highburn without their knowledge. Once they discover more of Highburn's forces, Feyre realizes that it isn't the true army and she goes to ask the Cyril for answers. This is probably the saddest part in the whole fucking book. Because, and before this, when Moore and Feyre are watching the battle, Moore let's Feyre know because they were talking about more and Asriel and Asriel having the biggest crush on more in existence and more and Feyre is like why don't you just you know give Asriel a chance and more is like well I kind of prefer women 
I think that was very interesting. <laughs> That's my girl. She just drops the bomb on us. Yeah. And so after she, you know, after all that, that's when she goes to ask the Cyril for uh, answers. And she tells more to not worry about her and that she's fine. So Feyre um, asks Elaine to use her powers to find the Cyril. Cyril? Cyril. And meets it in. Cyril. Yeah. Meets it in, quote unquote, the middle the Cyril says that she must use Nesta to find and nullify the cauldron, but before he can say anything more, Eonthe and two Highburn soldiers shoot him. He, she holds his hand as he's dying, and he tells her that he, that she's been the nicest creature to him. And that she, you know, he hopes that she does well in life. And if anybody is is as nice as her, you know, this world can possibly be saved. And it's so heartbreaking because he, you truly find that this, you know, quote unquote monster has a soul. You know, he really does value Pharaoh because he, he wouldn't let her, you know, ensnare him every single time. Right. He would have been too smart for that. At this point, he's like, you you called, bitch? <laughs> I'm here. I have my teacup ready to go. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> it's been a while. I knew, I, I knew that you'd how's, be coming around here soon. How's that mate going that I that I told you about? <laughs> Yo, tell me about that man. Tell me about that man. Give me that tea. <laughs> so he tells Feyre that she needs to leave, that she will die if she stays with him. So she she leaves, she runs away, and in the middle, if you don't remember, is where the weaver's cottage is that Reese sent her into when they first kind of practically first met and started she started going to to his court. Um, they started like chilling. Yeah. So she goes and es- escapes into the weaver's cottage and traps Ionthe and the guards inside as she just skips out. And he, she hears all of them die from the weaver. She's just like, what did you, what did you bring? You came back, girl? And she goes, I brought you food. And then escapes as everybody else comes in and gets trapped with her. It's the best moment in the fucking book. I told you that Yante bitch was going to get her mm-hmm. guts. So Nesta at this point uses her abilities to find uh, the location of the cauldron and opens a link between it and uh, and the others who were made, enabling Highburn to actually take Elaine when nobody was around her. So Feyre uses Ionthe's exp- um, appearance to sneak into the Highburn's camp to rescue Elaine. Uh, Feyre rescues her and Azriel comes to assist because he can hide in the shadows. He's a shadow singer. That's what he does. Meanwhile, Jiren has left an injured human who Feyre wanted it free. Feyre orders Azriel to leave with the girls, leaving her defenseless. But she is actually saved by Tamlin, who intercepts Highburn's um, Naga hounds. Which this part was really cool because Azriel takes the women and... There was a award around the whole camp, so you couldn't winnow in and out of it. And he, you had to 
go you had to fly past a certain amount through a cliff to be able to winnow out it, so, al- it almost reminds me because at that point she was just like this is my stand it, re- it reminded me of of an episode of Game of Thrones, the Battle of the Bastards, where mm-hmm. like the whole fucking army from this other side is coming for Jon Snow, and he just like unsheaths his sword in the middle of this field, and it's like, this is my moment. This is where I die. Yeah, but I'm taking these mother some of these motherfuckers with me, mm-hmm. and then an entire army comes from behind him. Mm-hmm. It's it's fucking wild. It's one yeah. of the greatest episodes. It I, I know like. Pe- People can say what they want, but like that was one of the best episodes of Game of Thrones fucking ever. Yeah. So Tamlin was Beastie Boy at this point, and he's helping take down the, the other hounds and stuff like that as Favor is doing her part. Yeah, other hounds, because that bitch is a dog. Mm-hmm. And at this point, she sees Asriel and the women, you know, get saved. So she's like, I'm good. They're saved. If I die, I die. Basically, that I mean, it sucks, and I feel bad for Reese. But if I die, I die. I I, I saved who I wanted. So she actually ends up jumping off of the cliff because she's like, I just have to get. I think it was like fifteen feet away off of the cliff, and she's like, okay, if I jump and I have my wings, I can maybe keep up enough with what I've been trained to do, which isn't good at this point. She's terrible flyer. Uh, to get across the, the the ward to save myself. And as she jumps across, she sees uh, a hound jump with her. And Tamlin jumped as well and got it down and saved her. And I mean, he's still on the... He didn't die. I mean, he's still on the on the cliff. But he's being overturned by all these hounds as she barely makes it across the ward and and winnows back to camp um so Feyre goes to the night uh court of nightmares to retrieve the special mirror uh because i'm terrible at pronouncing it ouroboros ouroboros and gives it to the bone carver he tells her that he never wanted the mirror and only wanted to see that if Feyre was worthy of helping as everyone prepares for battle, Feyre reveals that the Bone Carver, Braxis, and the Weaver will actually be joining them in battle. Reese doubts that if they will win the battle, just as Cham- uh, Tamlin, Baron, and Grayson came to their aid. Nesta screams as the cauldron uh, unleashes its power, killing Illyrian soldiers, um, and she manages to warn Cassian before he is killed. She feels she does at this point i think this was also such a fantastic moment because again miriam and dracon they couldn't find and they that was one of the biggest uh you know ally that they wanted and so asriel finds miriam and dracon or actually it's not even asriel that finds him Feyre's father finds them and on three ships Feyre's father and Miriam and Drinkon bring their ships and armies to fight against Highburn. The three ships that they see coming towards the the shore is named Nesta, Feyre, and Elaine. He named his ships after his daughters. It was so sweet. So Amorin and Feyre run for the cauldron. And when Feyre touches it, 
Amarin actually actually betrays her. And I say betray very lightly uh, because she, Amarin knew this, she, you know, Feyre couldn't nullify the cauldron's powers by herself, that it would kill Feyre. So she decides that it would be best if she didn't tell anybody her plan and uses the cauldron to unleash herself from the body she was given of high fey to turn back into the creature she was when she was put into the the prison but she tells uh Feyre that by doing this she will not remember who any of them are and she needs they need to stay out of her way as she kills everybody for them so the cauldron drags Feyre to nesta who is facing the king of Highburn, who has their foster father captive. Cassian tries to save Nesta, but is badly injured, and the king kills their father. Elaine tr- thrusts the truth teller into the king's throat, and Nesta cuts off his head, killing him. Truth teller, by the way, is, is, Azri- is Azriel's weapon. Yeah, because Azriel gave Elaine his weapon before, like a few days. A day or so before this? Or was it when he saved her? I think it was when he saved her. He was like, you'll need this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Lane thrusts the dagger into the king's throat and Nesta yeah. finishes off by cutting him, by cutting his head off. Cuts him asunder. I beg you guys to fucking look up the fan art of this moment of Nesta holding the head of the king of Highburn fantastic i mean credit to whoever drew that and made that one of the best fan arts i've ever seen in a while from this particular book so amarin um says that she betrayed them because she was able to return back into her high fey state which was a, a weird mix of how that happened but she said that she betrayed them that so that she could free herself but when she does kill everything you know she couldn't remember that path um and that you know it was for them not you know not because she wanted to betray them so Feyre realizes that the cauldron gives everything life and must be restored Reese offers himself to be used to the effort to kill and nullify the cauldron so it's Feyre's hand on the cauldron and, you know, Reese is holding on to her. At that time, though, it ends up killing Reese and. And this was, I cried. If the, if one book fucking made me cry, it was this one. This one was so sad. So he dies. And as she's shaking him, um, the inner circle, which is like Cass as more amarin all of them they're all circled around him and just crying and mourning for him and their cast is and reese or cast and as are trying to pull her away from reese and she's just screaming bloody murder basically and all of the high lords each individually come up to reese and give him his life back and, you know, like they did with um, with Feyre under the mountain. But the last person to come up was Tamlin. And before he gives Reese his piece of essence, basically, he tells Feyre all he wishes for her is to be happy. 
and then gives him the life. So he's back and Favor meets with Miriam and Dracon and asks them to hide the cauldron on their island where nobody knows and nobody can see. And Favor then calls a meeting to discuss a new treaty with the human and fey lands but before they turn back to Valaris. And that, my friends, is the end of the book. Sorry, I was looking at something on Amazon <laughs> and I just got really, really disappointed. I do apologize for that. Gotcha. Yeah, it was a it was a shitty end of a book. I mean, and I say shitty end, but I mean like very upsetting. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it was a good, happy end. I've had a few um, of those recently. Yeah, it was a good, happy end, but I. it had so many emotional things in the in the middle that just made me Twists so sad and turns. yeah i just got so sad but yeah what would you i from what you've heard what would you rate this one do you do you think you like the plot of this one better than the first two or what's your favorite so far uh probably so just because of the war yeah i am i am a big fan of heavy usage of battle scenes mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i agree and you know i actually forgot about one part too that i really loved and it's, it's very small very minuscule but it was um before right before like the big like kahuna like war part where reese tells his friends how much they mean to him Mm-hmm. and he's like you know telling them how much each individual means to him and then he shoots down the bond to Feyre and he tells her I would have waited 500 more years to find you if it means having you at all and it was just such a such a moment that I loved this book I think was my second favorite out of the whole series in my mind you cannot not love chapter 55 of a court of mist and fury and if people out there listening if you know you know it's the first fucking chapter that race and favorite get it on <laughs> okay and it, it's just such a moment though <laughs> such a moment okay. i love it all all the all the nesta smut loving oh, readers good. out there love chapter 55 i would give this a 4.1 to give us back on track okay i would give it like a 4.5 <laughs> okay um well it was good it's yeah. very good i have i do have it in my audible account i haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet because i have been you've been busy i've been stuck yeah and I, I'm kind of sad that I have been stuck because the series that I've been in, I'm into the eighth book right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> the, I, I really hope it's just the beginning of it, but it's not great. Damn. The seven prior to it have been fan-fucking-tastic, but I, I, hope it's, I hope it's just the beginning. So, um... Yeah, good, uh, good reading there, T. Thank you. I I really like this book. This book was really cool. I think this whole series is good. They, I mean, 
each book, when you read them all, like, obviously, I feel like you hate the first book after reading the second and the third and so on and so forth. But I think it definitely shows so much depth and detail to each character of, you know, the abuser, the abusee, um, and, and a lot of trauma. I think they, Sarah J. Moss does so well with showing trauma and how each character, you know, deals with it and in their own way. And it's just a fantastic time. I mean, I think it gives everybody like a, Uh, an emotional character to cling on to and be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I see myself in that character. I think a lot of people, uh, especially in like those Facebook groups for, for this series sees themselves a lot of Nesta and she has her own book. If you're not aware of court of silver flames and that one dives really deep into her trauma and her trauma responses. And I think it's done so well. Yeah. I think it's done so well. I mean, I usually don't fall for the Nesta type character. I, I've never really been the one to like her character. And you were the one that was giving me shit when I told you that I liked Nesta as well. No, and but that was after I read Silver Flames because I think there are so many different ways to cope. But... I think it was before you read that. It might have been. But it's, it's hard because you can't tell someone how to cope. Yes, exactly. And so it, it was just very good. I think they did very good with this. Um, I think Sarah J. Moss is, is fantastic. And, I, you know, I hope we finish the the series. I don't want to go into the next book, though, because it's kind of like a novella. It's very small. But I definitely hope we touch on Silver Flames. Well, I, I can tell you for a fact, I was a little torn about what to do next. Okay. I was stuck between three and... Um, I'm going to get away from the light novels for a little bit. Thank God. So, Not thank God. You know I love... You know I love... Solo you know leveling. Love, you know I love him. But yes. sometimes I get tired of it. Right. So our next book mm-hmm. will be The Devil's Hand. By our boy. By our... By... You put a sir on his name. <laughs> L- little miss. I'm so sorry, sir. By by sir by the sir the, the sir himself Jack Carr yeah is the fourth book in his series. Um, it is a fantastic one. This is the one that I was talking about that mm-hmm. actually involves your place of work. Yes, and it's very close to our hometown. Yeah, very close to our hometown. Yeah, I'm excited. So yeah, uh, that's gonna be our next one. Might do solo leveling five after mm-hmm. that. But I also could do In the Blood because, oh, And I I haven't read In the Blood, and obviously, because I didn't read this one either. But, um, yeah, I remember your text for In the Blood, oh and I'm very God. excited. It, it, I, I've, I've read all of Jack Carr's books for the Terminal List series so far, and I have loved all of them. There, ha- I... If I had to choose between the other four books and In the Blood... I would choose Just in the Blood. Wow. It is his best work by far. It is so good. So fucking good. But, yes, our next book will be The Devil's Hand, the fourth book in the Terminalist series, which is a fantastic read as well. 
So that's where we will be going with our next book episode. We will have another bullshit episode coming out uh, this week coming yep. up um, where Taylor and I will talk going through, you know, a few drafts on um, what are the top five bad things. Bad things. Yes. Okay. What what are t- what are our top five things of a certain color? Okay. And talk about the um, the Cards Against Humanities cards that Taylor and I made earlier. Oh my god, I'm so excited for that one. <laughs> so we had we had a bunch of cards and we made our own questions and we made our own answers. Yeah, so that one's gonna be. We good. will bring all of those out and get them to you on our very next episode. But thank you all for listening. Um, I really enjoyed your narration for this episode. Thank you, thank you my good sir. <laughs> I think I did good. You did do good. For a you, long book you and do trying good. to keep everything. Every time that you lead an episode, you do fantastically. Do Don't not, make me cry. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. Aww. If they do, they can fucking talk to me. Anyway. Okay, so I'm going to call out a couple friends. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Oh, I guess, uh, <laughs> I'm going to call out a couple people. Pulls Bowie knife out of pocket. I've got some people to talk of, talk to. <laughs> oh Look, Brandon, don't. Do, please don't. Don't. Please don't. I'm, Taylor, I'm just going to talk to him. I'm just going to talk to him. I'm just going to stab him. I'm just going to talk to him. Oh, my God. But um, this has been one of the longer ones we've done for a while. So mm-hmm. thank you. If you guys are still with us at this point, thank you for listening you. all the way through. <laughs> we really appreciate um, you guys listening. We know it's been a rough past few weeks with us not getting episodes out in the normal manner that we have or not mm-hmm. getting, been getting out episodes that have been as interesting. But hey, but we're back. We're back. We really appreciate those of you that have stuck with us through this time. If you could... Um, Follow us on whatever platform you guys listen to us on. Leave us a like. Honestly, if you could leave us a review as well. That'd be where, amazing. Wherever you guys listen, that's going to really help us get get our show uh, advertised more on these platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, if they know that people are listening, liking, and reviewing it. So if you guys could subscribe, follow, like, leave a review. Um, and if you like us, share us. Yeah. I mean, share us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Yeah. And we love replying to messages and, you know, seeing what you guys post about us. So please, if you like us, please share us around on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. And, you know, we would love to to share it as well and, and love to see your input. Yeah. Taylor manages our social media, so she would love to share that. I would just love to quit my job and be able to do this. (laughs) Full time for oh, that'd all be of you amazing. guys. So yeah, that'd be amazing. If we can get big enough, if we mm-hmm. can get big enough. But thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Thank you for sticking with us through what has been nearly a year. We're actually nearly to uh, mm-hmm. the one year anniversary of when the idea for this was initially thought of. Thought of. Yeah. And and kind of put into work. We're almost there because Danielle and I have almost been together for a year. Yeah. We're, we're quickly coming up on our one year anniversary, which is yeah. crazy. But um, thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, tell the creatures. But <laughs> you know the creatures. More importantly, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell your neighbors, talk to the dude walking down the street and say, hey, have you heard about this podcast? <laughs> Just tell everyone. So <laughs> as I always leave you guys with, thank you for listening and have a good night, good morrow, and good morning to all of you fine folks. Bye, guys. <laughs>